Section 24 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 7, by Giorgio Vasari, translation by Gaston de C. de Vere. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Michel Saint Michel, Architect of Verona, Part 3. But let us return to Michel, from whom we digressed not without reason, some little time back. He was struck by such grief at the death of Gian Girolamo, in whom he saw the house of San Michel become extinct, since his kinsmen left no children, that, although he strove to conquer or conceal it, in a few days he was overcome by a malignant fever to the inconsolable sorrow of his country and of his most illustrious patrons, Michel died in the year 1559, and was buried at San Tommaso, a church of Carmelite friars, where there is the ancient burial place of his forefathers, and at the present day Messer Niccolo San Michel, a physician, has set his hand to erecting him an honorable tomb, which is even now being carried into execution. Michel was a man of most upright life, and most honorable in his every action. He was a cheerful person, yet with an admixture of seriousness. He feared God, and was very religious, insomuch that he would never set himself to do anything in the morning without having first heard Mass devoutly and said his prayers and at the beginning of any undertaking of importance in the morning before doing any other thing he would always have the mass of the holy spirit or of the madonna solemnly chanted he was very liberal and so courteous with his friends that they were as much masters of his possessions as he was himself and i will not withhold a proof of his great loyalty and goodness which i believe few others know besides myself when Giorgio Vasari, of whom, as has been told, he was much the friend, parted from him for the last time in Venice, Michel said to him, I would have you know, Messer Giorgio, that, when I was in my youth at Montefiascone, I became enamoured, as fortune would have it, of the wife of a stone-cutter, and received from her complaisance all that I desired, but no one ever heard of it from me now having heard that the poor woman has been left a widow with a daughter ready for a husband whom she says she conceived by me i wish although it may well be that this is not true and such is my belief that you should take to her these fifty crowns of gold and give them to her on my part for the love of god to the end that she may use them for her advantage and settle her daughter according to her station Giorgio, therefore, going to Rome and arriving at Montefiascone, although the good woman freely confessed to him that the girl was not the daughter of Michel, insisted, in obedience to Michel's command, on paying her the fifty crowns, which were as welcome to that poor woman as five hundred would have been to another. Michel, then, was courteous beyond the courtesy of any other man, insomuch that he no sooner heard of the needs and desires of his friends than he sought to gratify them, even to the spending of his life. Nor did any person ever do him a service that was not repaid many times over. 
Giorgio Vasari once made for him in Venice, with the greatest diligence at his command, a large drawing in which the proud Lucifer and his followers, vanquished by the angel Michael, could be seen raining headlong down from heaven into the horrible depths of hell. And at that time Michel did not do anything but thank Giorgio for it when he took leave of him. But not many days after, returning to Arezzo, Giorgio found that San Michel had sent long before to his mother, who lived at Arezzo, a quantity of presents beautiful and honorable enough to be the gifts of a very rich nobleman, with a letter in which he did her great honor for love of her son. Many times the Signori of Venice offered to increase his salary, but he refused, always praying that they should increase his kinsmen's salaries instead of his own. In short, Michel was in his every action so gentle, courteous, and loving, that he made himself rightly beloved by innumerable lords, by Cardinal de' Medici, who became Pope Clement VII while he was in Rome, by Cardinal Alessandro Farnese, who became Paul III, by the divine Michelagnolo Buonarti, by Signor Francesco Maria, Duke of Orbino, and by a vast number of noblemen and senators of Venice. At Verona he was much the friend of Fra Marco de' Medici, a man of great learning and infinite goodness, and of many others of whom there is no need at present to make mention. Now, in order not to have to turn back in a short time to speak of the Veronese, taking the opportunity presented by the masters mentioned above, I shall make mention in this place of some painters from that country who are still alive and worthy to be named, and by no means to be passed over in silence. The first of these is Domenico del Riccio, who has painted in fresco, mostly in chiascuro and partly in color, three facades of the house of Fioro della Seta at Verona, on the Ponte Nuovo, that is, the three that do not look out upon the bridge, the house standing by itself. In one, over the river, are battles of sea monsters, in another the battles of the centaurs and many rivers, and in the third two pictures in color. In the first of these, which is over the door, is the table of the gods, and in the other, over the river, is the fable of the nuptials between the Benecus, called the Lake of Garda, and the nymph Charis, in the person of Garda, from whom is born the river Mincio which in fact issues from that lake. In the same house is a large frieze wherein are some triumphs in color, executed in a beautiful and masterly manner. In the house of Messer Pellegrino Ridolfi, also at Verona, the same master painted the coronation of the Emperor Charles V, and the scene when, after being crowned in Bologna, he rides with the Pope through the city in great pomp. In oils he has painted the principal altarpiece of the church that the Duke of Mantua has built recently near the Castello, in which is the beheading and martyrdom of St. Barbara, painted with much diligence and judgment. And what moved the Duke to have that altarpiece executed by Domenico was his having seen and much liked his manner, 
in an altarpiece that domenico had painted long before for the chapel of santa margarita in the duomo of mantua in competition with paolino who painted that of sant'antonio with paolo farinato who executed that of san martino and with battista del moro who painted that of the magdalene all which four veronese had been summoned thither by cardinal ercoli of mantua in order to adorn that church which had been reconstructed by him after the design of giulio romano other works has domenico executed in verona vicenza and venice but it must suffice to have spoken of those named he is an honest and excellent craftsman and in addition to his painting he is a very fine musician and one of the first in the most noble philharmonic academy of verona not inferior to him will be his son felice who although still young has proved himself a painter out of the ordinary in an altarpiece that he has executed for the church of the trinita in which are the madonna and six other saints all of the size of life nor is this any marvel for the young man learned his art in florence living in the house of bernardo canigiani a florentine gentleman and a crony of his father domenico in the same Verona also lives Bernardino, called Lindia, who, besides many other works, has painted the fable of Psyche in most beautiful figures on the ceiling of a chamber in the house of Count Marcantonio del Tiene, and he has painted another chamber with beautiful inventions and a lovely manner of painting for Count Girolamo of Canosa a much extolled painter also is eliodoro forbicini a young man of most beautiful genius and of considerable skill in every manner of painting but particularly in making grotesques as may be seen in the two chambers mentioned above and in other places where he has worked in like manner battista da verona who is called thus and not otherwise out of his own country after having learned the first rudiments of painting from an uncle at verona placed himself with the excellent tiziano in venice under whom he has become a very good painter when a young man this battista painted in company with paolino a hall in the palace of the paymaster and assessor portesco atiene in the territory of vicenza where they executed a vast number of figures which acquired credit and repute for both the one and the other with the same paolino he executed many works in fresco in the palace of the soranza at castelfranco both having been sent to work there by michel san michel who loved them as his sons and with him also he painted the façade of the house of Messer Antonio Capello, which is on the Grand Canal in Venice, and then, still together, they painted the ceiling, or rather soffit, in the hall of the Council of Ten, dividing the pictures between them. Not long afterwards, having been summoned to Vicenza, Battista executed many works there, both within and around the city, and recently he has painted the façade of the Monte della Pieta, 
wherein he has executed an infinite number of nude figures in various attitudes larger than life with very good design and all in so few months that it has been a marvel and if he has done so much at so early an age for he is not yet past thirty every one may imagine what may be expected of him in the course of his life a veronese likewise is one paolino a painter who is in very good repute in venice at the present day in that although he is not yet more than thirty years of age he has executed many works worthy of praise this master who was born at verona to a stone cutter or as they say in those parts a stone hewer after having learned the rudiments of painting from giovanni carotto of verona painted in fresco in company with the above-named battista the hall of the paymaster and assessor portesco at tiene in the vicentino and afterwards at the saranza with the same companion many works executed with good design and judgment and a beautiful manner at massiera near asolo in the trevisano he has painted the very beautiful house of signor daniello barbaro patriarch-elect of aquileia at verona for the refectory of san nazaro a monastery of black friars he has painted in a large picture on canvas the supper that simon the leper gave to our lord when the woman of sin threw herself at his feet with many figures portraits from life and very rare perspective views and under the table are two dogs so beautiful that they appear real and alive and further away certain cripples executed excellently well by the hand of paolino in the hall of the council of ten at venice in an oval that is larger than certain others that are there placed as the principal one in the centre of the ceiling is a jove who is driving away the vices in order to signify that that supreme and absolute tribunal drives away vice and chastises wicked and vicious men the same master painted the soffit or rather ceiling of the church of san sebastiano which is a very rare work and the altarpiece of the principal chapel together with some pictures that serve to adorn it and likewise the doors of the organ which are all pictures truly worthy of the highest praise in the hall of the grand council he painted a large picture of frederick barbarossa presenting himself to the pope with a good number of figures varied in their costumes and vestments all most beautiful and representing worthily the court of a pope and an emperor and also a venetian senate with many noblemen and senators of that republic portrayed from life in short this work is such in its grandeur and design and in the beauty and variety of the attitudes that it is rightly extolled by every one after this scene paolino painted the ceilings of certain chambers which are used by that council of ten with figures in oils which are much foreshortened and very rare in like manner he painted in fresco the façade of the house of a merchant which was a very beautiful work on the road from san maurizio to san moise 
but the wind from the sea is little by little destroying it. For Camillo Trevisani at Morano he painted a loggia and an apartment in fresco, which were much extolled. And in San Giorgio Maggiore at Venice, at the head of a large apartment, he painted in oils the marriage of Cana in Galilee, which was a marvellous work for its grandeur, the number of figures, the variety of costumes, and the invention, and, if I remember right, there are to be seen in it more than one hundred and fifty heads, all varied and executed with great diligence. The same Paulina was commissioned by the procurators of St. Mark to paint certain angular medallions that are in the ceiling of the Nicene Library, which was left to the Signoria by Cardinal Bessarion, with a vast treasure of Greek books. Now the above-named lords, when they had the painting of that library begun, promised a prize of honour, in addition to the ordinary payment, to him who should acquit himself best in painting it, and the pictures were divided among the best painters that there were at that time in Venice. When the work was finished, and the pictures painted had been very well considered, a chain of gold was placed round the neck of paulino he being the man who was judged to have done better than all the others the picture that gave him the victory and the prize of honour was that wherein he painted music in which are depicted three very beautiful young women one of whom the most beautiful is playing a great bass viol looking down at the fingerboard of the instrument the attitude of her person showing that her ear and her voice are fixed intently on the sound, and of the other two, one is playing a lute, and the other singing from a book. Near these women is a cupid without wings, who is playing a harpsichord, signifying that love is born from music, or rather, that love is always in company with music, and, because he never parts from her, Paolino made him without wings. In the same picture he painted Pan, the god, according to the poets, of shepherds with certain pipes made of the bark of trees, as it were consecrated to him, as votive offerings by shepherds who have been victorious in playing them two other pictures paulino painted in the same place in one is arithmetic with certain philosophers dressed in the ancient manner and in the other is honour seated on a throne to whom sacrifices are being offered and royal crowns presented but seeing that this young man is at this very moment at the height of his activity and not yet in his thirty-second year i shall say nothing more of him for the present likewise a veronese is paolo farinato an able painter who after having been a disciple of niccolo orsino has executed many works at verona the most important are a hall in the house of the Fumanelli, which he filled with various scenes in fresco colours at the desire of Messer Antonio, a gentleman of that family, most famous as physician over all Europe, and two very large pictures in the principal chapel of Santa Maria in Organo. 
in one of these is the story of the innocents and in the other is the scene when the emperor constantine causes a number of children to be brought before him intending to kill them and to bathe in their blood in order to cure himself of his leprosy then in the recess of that chapel are two pictures large but smaller than the others in one of which is christ receiving saint peter who is walking towards him on the water and in the other the dinner that saint gregory gives to certain poor men in all these works which are much to be extolled is a vast number of figures executed with good design study and diligence by the hand of the same master is an altar picture of san martino that was placed in the duomo of mantua which he executed in competition with others his compatriots as has just been related and let this be the end of the lives of the excellent michel san michel and of those other able men of verona so truly worthy of all praise on account of their excellence in the arts and their great talents end of section twenty four michel san michel architect of verona part three